and welcome to the Beverly podcast. Today we've got with us Sam Hollis, who is a web designer from the Beverly area. Currently not in Beverly, so we're going to find out a little bit about that. But hello, Sam, how are you? Very good, thank you. How about you, Joanne? I'm all right, thank you. So tell me a little bit about um, Beverly and how you got here and, and what you do up to at the moment. Um, so, how did I get to Beverly? A long and circuitous route, I think. I started in Cheshire, moved across to Sheffield for university, uh, where I met my wife, and then we ended up down in London for many years because she was working in the city and working for the Bank of England. Um, so we worked down there and I did some, I was teaching down there and we had children down there and things. And then we'd always fancied moving away from the city and moving somewhere different. Um, so we were looking for jobs and obviously me being a teacher, it was sort of, there were teaching jobs everywhere. So Zoe was looking um, and we were looking at all sorts of areas in Yorkshire and um, there was a job came up at Virgo, which is um, in Hull. So we ended up looking at the Hilarian houses, different areas. And yeah, once we found Beverly, it was just so amazing, just so different to anything else around, just such a nice place that so we, uh, we bought a small holding um, in Leckenfield, so just outside Beverly and took up small holding. So you're in the Beverly area, you've been in the Beverly area. What is it you've been doing? Did you go into teaching in the end? Yeah, so um, we first moved to Beverly, as I say, we bought uh, a small holding, which at the time was just a big field. So I actually took um, about eight or nine months out of work to go, let's put a big load of effort in and get the small holding up and running with animals and growing things so that we could didn't just have to spend every waking moment doing it. And then yeah, I went back to teaching and I taught in South Hunsley for um, 18 months or so part-time because I'm also usually the one who has to take the kids to school and all that sort of thing and managed to fit it around that um, and then I'd been teaching for by then about 13 years and it was getting time for it's time to do something completely different time for a change um, so I left teaching and set up my own business um, doing web design and I haven't really looked back since it's been an amazing journey and really really enjoyed it and learned a huge amount yeah, I mean, I've been on the Beverly business scene for quite a few years now, and I go to a few networking meetings, and there's not many people I've met who haven't heard of you, Sam. You seem to be on everybody's web, you know, everybody's web developer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, I started from sort of point zero because we'd come from down near London, and because I'd been a teacher, I sort of arrived trying to run a business with a network of pretty much zero people locally. So, yes, I sort of dived straight in, into networking. Um, and I've worked pretty run networking meetings and gone to a lot so got to know a lot of people very quickly and yeah I've sort of kept that up as much as possible so yes it's, it's quite nice to hear glad, um, glad that yeah people have heard of me and um, yeah hopefully I've been useful to lots of people along the way well you're not in Beverly or even Leckenfield right now how has your life changed in the last few months yeah so a bit of a turn up for the book so it was about um, September last year about once a month I usually try, my dad's over in Cheshire, about once a month we try and meet somewhere in the middle between sort of Beverly and Cheshire, so we end up usually Sheffield there in the Peak District or something and go for a walk. So I was going for a sort of monthly walk with my dad in the hills, so he had no phone reception, and I got back to the car and driving out and beep, 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 lots of messages from my wife Zoe. And when you finally sort of boil them down, it was basically, how do you fancy living in Mozambique? I once had stopped and looked at a map and worked out where it was, apart from when it was Africa, and that was about the limit of my knowledge. I realised she was serious and the company she worked for um, had sort of offered her a secondment out there. So once I'd had a bit of a look, found it looked a pretty nice place, um, we decided to go for it. 
And yes, yeah, so that was sort of, we went out in October last year for a week and sort of looked at school and houses and had a little bit of an idea of what it's all about. And then we finally moved in in March, literally days before the UK lockdown. And we moved to South Africa the day before it locked down. So it was all pretty tight getting here, really, but we made it. So tell me a little bit about where you live now. How is that different to Bethany? We're in the capital city here. So in terms of it's a city, it's a big African city. So, you know, it's a... It's, you know, a lot more, it's very, very different. There's people everywhere. They're sort of slightly chaotic and there's sort of really smart buildings right next to a lot of ramshackle mess. Uh, but it, it's a it's a cool place. It's a tropical place. We're right on the beach. So there's a massive strip of beach just by where we are, about half a mile from the house where there's kite surfing and just tons of people enjoying the sea. And obviously the um, the weather is pretty stunning. So as you're going into winter, we're going into summer. Um, so it's pro. I'm sat in the garden now and it's probably about 30, 35 degrees. Um, so, yeah, the weather's totally different. The, the culture's very, very different. Um, yeah, different lifestyle. But I'm still very much in terms of business. My nine to five is every day back talking to people in the UK and sort of almost be mind being in the UK. And at some point you are coming back to Beverly, are you? Yeah, so the idea is it's a convent. It's, a, it's not a fixed number of years. A lot of it's down to kids and school and when works for them with breaking it up because my eldest is getting towards GCSE years um, and the school she's at here is International Baccalaureate and so you can't easily switch from an International Baccalaureate course to a GCSE course in the middle so we're sort of going to be a bit constrained by boundaries there but yes we've still got our house in Leckenfield our small holding that's rented out in the moment and at the moment and the plan is we'll yeah head back to there when we've finished um, out in Mozambique. And do you still have any links to sort of Leckenfield and Beverly community? So um, I was always part of Beverly Community Choir and I used to go to that every week. So I was still strongly connected with them and stay in touch and see how it's going. Obviously, um, I think I'm about as a regular member as everybody else at the moment with the whole COVID thing. The whole the choir's uh, completely stopped, but people are staying in touch with the So we've still got that connection over there and just friends and things over. And we're hoping to have more of a connection because the plan is to, you know, was to come back every so often, catch up with friends and stuff. Um, but obviously with um, COVID put somewhat of a um, stop on that. So, uh, yeah, we haven't been back or seen anyone from the UK since we went. So where are you most looking forward to visiting once you can get back to Beverly? I think the nice thing with Beverly is the Westwood and the centre. So that nice is you can go out and you can have a walk and normally with the dog, but I don't think we'd bring the dog back for a two week trip. But, you know, you can go out on the Westwood and get some fresh air and then you're straight back in your two minutes. And you're in the town and you can go to the cafes and you can go to the restaurants. And that's just so nice. That sort of they're just there next to each other. And obviously, yeah, there's so many nice cafes in Beverly aren't there, and restaurants. And I think food is always a central central to me. So, uh, yeah, just that sort of sit going down the high street pop in a few shops get a coffee get some lunch just such a nice thing to do what you do at the moment is very different from what you're training initially then so you're now a web developer you was a teacher how did you get into web developing from from the background that you came from it was one of those things i'd sort of always done in the background so back when i was a university in uh, sheffield i was sort of I was in the canoe club and I was running the canoe club website and that was back in 19, you know, 96 or something. So this was, I had notepad and was writing little bits of code by hand to write the website. And I sort of, it's obviously completely different nowadays, but I've sort of always had my hand in doing that sort of thing in the background for friends clubs. So when the choir started, when I joined the community choir in 
Leckenfield, I did their website for them. So just bits and pieces like that and keeping it going over the years. So yeah, so I sort of knew the website design side. I didn't really know when I started my business, the business side. So the learning curve there has been very steep. And now for four and a half years, and I feel I've really got the hang of that. But that was definitely a very steep learning curve when I started the whole running a business thing. So have you found any challenges kind of running a business remotely? To be honest, for me, actually, as I came out here, I'd got a lot of business through networking, a lot of business through talking to people. And I was thinking, well, this is going to be hard because normally I meet someone in a coffee shop or I meet someone at networking and that's not going to happen. So I've got various plans of how I was going to deal with that. But suddenly, as we came out here, everybody goes into lockdown and suddenly it's the most normal thing in the world to have a Zoom call with somebody and to go to a network meeting with Zoom. So the timing actually for me in terms of that sort of thing worked because it was no longer me having to explain why I'm calling you on Zoom and not meeting you. It was just everybody's calling you on Zoom and it's just it's just become the normal thing to do. So will we know any of your work then? Um, I mean, a local companies instructed you to do their website yeah so so i do quite a lot of business to business website which obviously uh you know in terms of customers won't really see i've been working a lot with seaways cafe up in friday thought so we run their right website with them we've put in their glamping booking system for them so that's a brilliant place up there for people who don't know it it's sort of friday thoughts right up in the walls um, they've got a great cafe that's often full of bikers but it's really friendly and they've got some amazing glamping pods you know even from beverly it's great just to go for the weekend i often sometimes go just me and the kids you can go overnight you can eat in the cafe it's a really nice place they're really friendly and you're right on the walls to do some really nice walks as well um, so that's a fantastic place and they're so nice to work with there and I work with Pro Clean in Hull, which quite some people might know, which are a cleaning company. They do sort of laundry and that sort of thing, but also domestic cleaning. So they come out and um, do all your cleaning. Um, they were trying to help me as we left, because as we left the UK for Mozambique, we left um, at the drop of a hat because we had to move flight times because South Africa are locking down. So literally we left the house with still, uh, you know, bread in the cupboard and stuff. And so I had to phone up the guys at ProClean and say, help, please, can you come and tidy and sort the house for me? Because I've literally got bread in the cupboard and dishes in the dishwasher and we had to leave almost. Um, so they're, they're really cool as well and nice to work with. So who's looking after your chickens right now? So the chick, yeah, we had to deal with all the animals that we had um, as we left. So we'd kept pigs on and off, but pigs were always only for a certain amount of time in the small holding and then they um, became pork. So at the time we had no pigs as we left. Um, the chickens went to my brother. He's got a sort of bit of land as well over in Carlisle sort of way. So he's got all our chickens from his business, but he loves looking after the chickens. I think they're much more petted there than they ever were with us. And then the sheep have gone over and are looked after very nicely by some people over Lincolnshire way. So we managed to sort of rehome all the animals. That was great. And then the dog was the most challenging as he's supposed to come out here with us. And the plan was we flew out and then a week or two later, once we had a house sorted, he'd follow. So we flew out and a week or two later, once we had a house sorted, all flights around the world stopped. So he got stuck for six months in the UK without us and has only now been out, out with us for about a month or so because the poor chap got yeah, stuck in the UK with no flights. So what's your favourite things to do in and around Mozambique now? The, I mean, the most impressive thing here is the coastline. There, it's a very, very long, thin country with a massive tropical coastline. It's on the Indian Ocean. So for those who like the sea, there's stunning surfing. If you go to certain beaches, there's just very, very reliable, very clean, warm surf, which is just beautiful. 
so much fun. But then there's also some of the best snorkeling and diving in the world. Um, so we've done a little bit of snorkeling already on some coral reefs that just blew me away. So, you know, often you do activities like that and you've sort of seen the brochure and you've seen it on TV and you get there and it's quite good, but it's not quite the same as they sort of advertised and promoted. But you just got there and it was just unbelievable. The life under the sea around the coral reef was just stunning. And so, yeah, the, the coast here is just amazing. And in fact, we've just had a dive instructor this morning come to the house. We've swam in the pool with all the diving stuff so that soon we can actually get down and dive with all the amazing creatures here. Because there's, uh, yeah, there's just stunning amounts of creatures. He said at the moment when you go out, you will see turtles every time. There are big sharks out there. If you want the further up the coast, there are whale sharks, which I think are eight metres long. There's manta rays. There's just unbelievable wildlife under the sea here. Well, I'm quite jealous, actually, because we're sat here at the minute and it's, I'm looking out the window. It's raining. It's about eight degrees. And I think I've seen a pigeon all day. The bird life is also, I mean, the wildlife too, the bird life is stunning. There's tons of bird life. And I know in the the kids get upset because in, in the UK, you go, look, there's a red bird. And they go, Dad, it's brown. <laughs> because they are, they're, you know, they're all a little bit small and brown. But you get here and you see a red, bright red bird and it is a bright red in your face bird. And there's bright blues down. There's huge stuff. The bird life is just amazing. Um, unfortunately, it's not really good bookshop. So we're just trying to find <laughs> good bird books so we can work out what on earth they all are. I luckily have supportive friends in the UK and I keep posting pictures of birds and I have various uh, bird watching friends who tell me what they are. I've seen your bird pictures going out actually and I was like oh yeah, it's yeah, lovely I... I have no clue what it is I have no help on that sort of thing if it's a pigeon I'm all right I don't know what a pigeon looks like. <laughs> there's a lot of pigeon related birds but yeah they're not the same pigeons as in the UK but yeah I'm a bit and there's all sorts of families of birds you don't even get in the UK so yeah I'm totally lost so yeah we're hoping to get a bit of help on that. And obviously there's the game wildlife too. So if we drive down to the beach, there's a beach sort of an hour and a half away just on the South African border. And as we drive down there, you go through the game reserve. And so you can drive down and you're driving past giraffes and you're driving past kudu on the way. The elephants tend to not like the road be a bit further away. But, you know, you go into the beach and you can see a few giraffes, giraffes on the way past, which is pretty amazing. So tell me a little bit about how sort of getting a website with you would work. So, yeah, when I started doing web design, I started the same as everybody else, uh, which was, you know, people paid money. I make them a website job done. But once I started running the business bit and thought about marketing and things, of it, well, I turned the whole model on its head. So now we do pay as you go websites. So they work quite differently. So instead of the traditional model where you hand over a big pile of cash and you get given a website and quite often never see the website designer again. And maybe it wasn't quite what you're after. We do it completely differently where we make websites on a month by month basis. We call it pay as you go like the phone. So basically people pay £40 a month, £50 a month. They get a website and it's an all-in package. It's everything they need, domains, email address, everything else. And people never owe more than their next month's payment. So if they don't want the website anymore, they just stop paying job done. So it's pretty much risk-free because, you know, you've paid 40 quid, you've got a website. It's that simple. And for small businesses especially, that's just really great for cash flow and really great for sort of getting rid of the risk of getting a new website. We're just starting as well now to help um, get the word out. So the Paysigo website's a great book. People don't know about it. People aren't getting any websites. I've got to hang over this big pile of cash. So to try and help with this, we're starting a referral scheme. So if people refer uh, businesses into us, um, then they get a payment back. So when a Paysigo customer pay, pays us every month, if, if you've referred them in, then you get a portion of that payment back every month. So it's not a large amount every month, but it's month on month on month, and it can soon build up over time. Sam, so how can people find out more about you and what you do? So I've got my website, which is samhollis.co.uk. I'm on Facebook, both the business and personally. You can find me on LinkedIn. 
yeah, they're probably the easiest ways to find out what we're up to and get in touch. So Sam, it's been great talking to you and finding out a little bit more about what you've been up to in Mozambique. Like I say, I've always been looking at your bear pictures, um, which are always most welcome. Um, and we hope that you sort of continue to be successful from there and, and we'll see you back in Leckenfield and Beverly soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back. Thanks a lot. That was an interview with Sam Hollis, a web designer who usually lives in Leckenfield but is currently across the other side of the world in Mozambique. We apologise for a few issues with the sound, but you know, that's what happens when you have internet from a developing country. Mind you, Sam's Wi-Fi sounded alright. If you want to be a guest on the Beverly Podcast, go to the Social Bods website at www.socialbods.co.uk and fill in the guest application form. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.